now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archie. Archie Fuzz. Okay, everybody, here we go with our new hit record, Sugar, Sugar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the podcast formerly known as Archie Fucks, but currently it's not, just because can't get on into iTunes with the Archie Fucks, because they hate us. Anyways, they hate us because they hate us. Today we're going to be talking about a film. A film that comes from the writer of Miracle Beach, a 1992 <laughs> movie uh, which has this description. A down-on-his-luck beach bum asks a cute female genie to help him seduce the woman of his dreams, only to realize that it's not, it's only to Is realize that, that he may be looking <laughs> in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> only to realize Anyway, so aside from terrible beach movies, he also makes terrible YA movies. Um, this is uh, The Last Summer we are discussing today, um, a film which I got so drunk watching, I had to throw out a bath mat. Anyway, oh, God. Uh, so it was, uh, it's a terrible movie, and uh, it stars K.J. Apa as who we all know as Archie. In this movie, he's called Griffin. No, no. And gargoyles. Showing, showing his but range, I'm sure. I'm sure he. Showing his range, he acts exactly like Archie, but now has different colored hair. <laughs> um, it seems like whatever role he's in, he he has to play the guitar. It's like in his contract. He's like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm a. That's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna do. Anyways. Before we get into this movie too far, I must uh, introduce our cast. I'm joined by resident co-host, host, hostess with the mostest, Thor. <laughs> hey, it's it's Thor. <laughs> I, I'm here. I'm, uh, I'm 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 sorry that we found out about this movie to everyone. <laughs> oh no, we're never stopping. This is just proven that we're not stopping. This podcast will go on forever because. We love our lives. We had, we had to delay this podcast to start by 15 minutes because I kept having to pause this movie and just sort of sigh. <laughs> <laughs> well, sighing is, sighing is our game. Now, our other co-host never sighs. She's always at the top, the maximum level of amazing <laughs> podcasting skills. We are joined again by Daisy Deadpedals. Thank you for joining us, Daisy. Thank you for having me on. I feel like I should be wearing a teal shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we are the uh, bearded teal boys. Uh, that's uh, happening today. Uh, yeah, so we had you on last to talk about another awful YA movie. So direct I guess to you're Netflix. Just, you're just here now. It's, it's, that's it. Later, we can get into a comparison. Well, it's it's a bad uh, sign that all these movies starring Riverdale cast members are not good enough for theaters. Like, Cole Sprouse <laughs> is the only one that can open a movie in theaters, apparently. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, Netflix, the idea of Netflix and how their distribution model works is they're trying to match what they, like, the movies are supposed to be 
theater worthy, right? Well, They're not no, like no, no. straight there's to Netflix. Two, there's two kind of movies that are on Netflix. There's movies that Netflix produces being like, oh. hey, I bet this will be a movie. And then there's these kind of movies that if you look, this was produced by like, like TSB holding company limited or some nonsense. <laughs> I kid you not. I waited to the very end of the credits to figure out who the fuck made this movie. So some company was like, Hey, I bet some dickheads will like this movie by a guy that hasn't directed a movie in 15 years. Cause it stars KJ Appa. And we own an abandoned warehouse in Cleveland that we can film this shit in. And their investment didn't pay off and ended up on Netflix. Like, I feel like this wasn't a like rousing success story. <laughs> Yeah, so the plot of this movie, before we just completely try to destroy it, it's just a bunch of vignettes of, it's like a huge cast for no reason, because half of the stories are utter garbage. Yeah. There's one interesting tale in the entire thing, which do, luckily that do, the KJ Apple story is actually like the only interesting thing oh, that I, also I like does. The one, I like the one with the, uh, the, the nanny and her, uh, like, the woman that oh like yeah obsessed with that you. was the one that i wrote was the only one that i cared about too yeah, yeah. oh interesting because i watched that and i was like oh children know everything they're so magical <laughs> thanks child for saving my life anyways so this is their last year uh last summer of high school before they go to college so they're all getting out they're all leaving and this is all the chicago teens go cubs yeah <laughs> I can't and, think of a population that I want to hear from less than college-bound, like, 18-year-olds. Well, especially all these kids whose parents all own houses bigger than, like, Versailles. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, oof. That's crazy, man. When we go, the uh, BGH meetup this year is in Chicago, and I'm hoping to get into one of these warehouse parties. Like, they seem huge. <laughs> And they seem like everything I would hate. Anyways, so <laughs> yeah, like you know, I'll you know the house at the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know the house in Home Alone where there's all these theories now that Kevin's dad must have been in the mob from like how loaded he was. That's what every family in this movie's like. Yeah, pretty much. So let's break down the cast. So you got KJ Apa. He's Griffin. Phoebe is this girl who's making all these documentary films. They get into, like, they're working together because he's really good with sound editing. She's really good with the filming. And he loves her. And oh, so his, his really good advice with sound editing was that she put the two pieces of audio on different lines. Because otherwise, <laughs> one of them covers up the other. And you can't hear both of them is how, is how fucking Pro Tools works. So I wasn't sure exactly did her original thing just have all of her sound together <laughs> at once. Just, it was a two-second long piece of sound playing all of her movie. Look, <laughs> we'll, we'll take it to this. We know she's an artist because she has a dumb hat on. And they make like a dumb hat joke later on, but it's like... That's how she's signified as an artist, is she's a dumb hat on at a party. Yep, she does. She does have a dumb hat on. And uh, we will talk about her end product film because it's fucking garbage. And I would love to know. I I thought she was going for when Harry met Sally thing. But no, apparently she was just like, how many more After Effects can we put on screen? I want pew, 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 pew. This is artistic thing. Oh, let's put some shading in. And again, Ooh, let's like overexpose like it. Subject matter for a documentary that I would hate more than, you know, what a bunch of like 19, 18, 19 year olds are going to do in the next couple of years. Like, I cannot stand that population. And she made her whole 
like Sundance debut. Yeah. Cusp well, on the cusp can, of life. Like no um, one would care about that. Like it, it's the kind of thing you would have. It would, it would be the the video well, at the front of a college uh, admissions thing to like be <laughs> like, look at the wide variety of interests our students have. You know. Yeah. Like, well, What's also interesting is that none of these characters have last names, which kind of just proves a point that they were never thought they didn't think about them. But let me run through the rest of the cast as we're yes. going through it. There's Mason. Mason just skateboards. That's his whole character. <laughs> then there's Alec and Foster. They pave asphalt. Al- it's Alec's own company, too. It says, like, oh, yeah. Alec's Alex- paving or something. Yeah, Alec is a pretty impressive dude. He's uh, he's so impressive that he breaks up with his girlfriend in the first scene. They have a mutual breakup. And then instantly this super popular girl is suddenly interested in him. And then Foster... LC the whole time. Uh, yeah. Daisy, did you understand, like... So they both knew they were going to break up at that party, right? Mm-hmm. So why the fuck did they need to have this whole scene where they broke up, right? Like, if, like... If I'm in a relationship and we both mutually decide it's going to end, why do we need to, like, go to a party oh, and talk about it, right? Because it's symbolic. They well, want to share had... one last moment together. And he had a reminder in his calendar that said, like, 15 minutes, break up with Aaron. <laughs> yeah, but she was aware of it, too. So it's yeah. like, then yeah. there we go. You're broken up. You're fucking fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, so Alex's whole journey is he's still in love with his girlfriend that he broke up with. He doesn't find the other girl super interesting. Uh, and his girlfriend, Aaron, uh, gets together with a Chicago Cubs baseball player. And that dude's just super impressive and just seems like a nice guy. And I was like, how are they gonna, how are they gonna make it so these two get back together? Because, sorry, Alec, I get your business is a thing, but like, other than that, your hiring process is clearly bankrupt if you hired Foster, the fucking dumbest person in this entire group. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you um, mean, you mean, Foster the fucking like Harvey Weinstein of this movie. <laughs> like we'll get into that. I'm just skipping past it so I can talk about it in a second. Um, so yeah, so that's a thing. So oh, can we get into the, the the meet cute between his girlfriend and the Chicago Cub, or his ex girlfriend? Okay. Chicago Cub? <laughs> yeah. She's wait, wait, wait. Let's let Daisy. Let's let Daisy explain this. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You can. Well, you can um... I just want to spread around people having to explain the stupid shit that happens in this movie. If I recall correctly, she's sort of um, wistfully looking at her phone, thinking about how sad she is that Alec is now with stupid hot girl Paige. And uh, then a ball like is about to crash into her face because she's at a Cubs game. And then Johnny McHandsome baseball player like dives into her and catches the ball like pretty much on her boob. And then like her friend's hot dog smears mustard all over it. And he's like, oh, sorry about your dress. And then um, they start to love each other but he like writes his number on a baseball or something really fucking stupid yes yes exactly. <laughs> and he, he yep. literally catches the ball by giving her a lap dance like this is a coach game <laughs> slash a chippendales and she was like yeah, ah <laughs> and then we have audrey who is the best friends with aaron and audrey is the one who's uh the one who gets she working as a personal assistant for someone with a kid and she doesn't like kids turns out Maybe she just hasn't met the right kid. Arby's wow. the most relatable character on in the movie, though. Yeah, she's, she's she she's, she's had some failures. She's had some failures, and she's an actual person, it seems. Yeah. Um. So uh, before I get to the most disconnected two members of the cast, because they <laughs> don't they don't do it. They're not interacting with anybody. They're just yeah. there. 
these two stupid gaslighting dumbass nerds. But we'll get to them in a second. Uh, let's not get too far away from Foster. Foster, who seemingly does not understand the scandal that happened when people were ranking uh, people and giving points in high school for having sex with someone. Um, because the whole the whole point of it, it, it was always consensual because they try to write it off and try to make it not problematic in the writer's opinion because he's like, no, it's not like that. It's consensual. And I'm like, no, the entire – Carrie – to, the rage carry too. Carrie kills people because of this shit. <laughs> and she's justified and everyone cheers her on. And I'm like, man, I hope Carrie just shows up and goes, which bam. Well, I feel like the joke was like, oh, we're on the same side here. It's like, have you seen the news lately? <laughs> Can't get out with anything anymore. And I'm like, oh, we are not on the same side. Like me as a viewer, <laughs> I'm not on your side for this. No, and it's just creepy. It's just sketchy. It's just gross. It's like, and they and they don't give him any comeuppance. Like his comeuppance no, is that he. No, they seem to think that we're rooting for this guy. Like we feel bad he hasn't gotten laid. Yeah, and then we at the end, you know, we find out he a virgin. He no fuck no one. And oh, I just like I cannot believe behavior is okay. It's okay. Yeah. Like I I can't believe a that he's a virgin because the dude is like conventionally very good looking and i don't believe that any of these people would have any personality in real life because when you're that good looking you don't have to have a personality yeah, like yeah. none of these oh, people wow. have any interest no 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 i really don't think that any of them would have had to have developed any kind of personality any of these like you know like um hot broody what's his name griffin the main dude yeah 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 he played guitar he played guitar that personality <laughs> <laughs> I just get it. I just yeah. Let's say you know all, all those handsome guys playing Wonderwall in your freshman dorm. They had so much personality. Oh I hate it. Type of dude I would fucking hate. Like, oh my god! Playing the guitar is not a personality. Being like when Phoebe's like, I don't know. I've just always felt really different. I'm like, bitch, no, you haven't. Like, your mom is like single, but you guys live in this gorgeous apartment. Everyone's yeah. very wealthy and good looking. I just like yeah. The only person that looked real. Was Audrey, and yeah. I just realized that she is Kevin Bacon's daughter. Oh no way! Who oh knew? man! So wow. with uh, uh, the lady from the closer. Oh yeah, Kira Sedgwick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Audrey uh, reminded me of uh, Clea Duvall a little. Oh, that's why I liked her probably. <laughs> yeah, just just a little, just a little. Like, I mean, let's talk about now the two characters who are completely fucking pointless <laughs> have a stupid scene get rewarded for their gross disgusting behavior um the two dumbass nerds named reese and chad oh god one of them is literally named chad yeah they're literally named chad but anyways we won't get into the chad talk kill me now um so these two little incels in training uh, are just uh you know hanging out and they really want to get to this party but they can't that's the only way they're connected no one invites them to the party because they're at home playing video games. They Virtual work at a yoga. <laughs> yeah, 
they're, they're VR nerds, the most, oh, God, the most obnoxious he, of all he nerds. Said, I can't like, believe I can't hack the address of the party. It's like, I thought I drank enough to forget that line. But oh, no, God. I didn't. He can't hack the address to the party. Well, anyway. Did you notice did, everything involved in this production was so fucking old, like we talked about with The Perfect Date? Did you notice in uh, KJ Appa's room, I refuse to call him fucking Griffin, it's fucking KJ Appa, um, he had a, once he <laughs> learns to act i'll learn to fucking call him by character names um did you notice he had a, a, a fucking crt monitor he had like a, an old school television next to his like brand new fucking computer and i'm just like how old was the set designer that he was like this is what the kids have right like yeah i got one of them vr helmets and he swings it like... so... sorry you're, no, you're was... good all right let's talk more about their story um, so they're on their way to a wedding of Reese's sister. We never see that because they really couldn't afford it. And they said they, that, they the said that the, the friend, the excuse is the friend was invited to Reese's sister's wedding because Reese's sister used to watch the friend's penis when he was a kid. A line that's not at all gross and awkward. Yeah, no, not gross, not awkward, not very typical for these incels in training. Uh, anyways, um, so they're all dressed up, and they they stop by well, at a bar. When they say dressed up, they look like children wearing their parents' suits. <laughs> okay, yes. they look like a bunch of children were, like, standing on top of each other, and someone put a trench coat on and said, look at these adults. Yeah, they but look like, any, what's his name, adult, adult man? bowl cut. Vincent Adultman from uh, BoJack Horseman? Yes! Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, so, there's, they go down to sit, and then all of a sudden, the girl just starts, the girl, who's the waitress, starts giving them, uh, you know, Drink menus, and they're like, "Oh my god, we we don't have to get IDs." And like, there was a scene before this when they were talking about how to get fake IDs, and they said the only way was to pay a Chinese person, like a person from China, six hundred dollars to send them fake IDs. Just find someone who vaguely looks like you. The way I read that was that they had spent the six hundred dollars and it didn't come through or something like yes, that, which yes, is like even correct. more sad. That's even more sad, these little incels. Uh, but so here's the thing: Chad looks so generic, you could find anyone's license plate who's remotely lanky and white, and nobody would bat an eye. But like, would uh, he have a bowl cut? Would he have a bowl cut? Oh, that's true. That's true. He does a terrible. Anyway, so they're hanging out. At this bar now. They go all the time because that's where the traders go. And they're big traders, man. They're big. They're playing the games. They're doing the karaoke. Because you, know, you know who looks like high school seniors are fucking coked up day traders. Like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, two ladies come a call in. And instead of doing uh, what... Any human being who has a shred of decency would do when uh, meeting a potential love interest and be honest with them and go, we're just here to drink. Uh, sorry, I don't want to, like, do something terrible to you or, like, be, <laughs> be terrible and just lead you on. Uh, no, they both go home with the girl uh, uh, after the preteens of the lie. They go home with different women and uh, they have a relationship with them. And at the end... It's okay, because when they were fucking the first time, the dumb Chad left... I'm Okay, the dumb guy named Chad uh, dropped the wallet, and 
the wallet said his his real age. He didn't know this, and that so he, he was just, in the high school robotics club. <laughs> Treasure club. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like the the thing is, like, no nerds, you are cool. It is cool to gaslight women. Yeah. No. Yeah. They should be, like, strung up and, like, thrown off a cliff. They're bad. They're yeah. bad people. You know, and, like, despite that being horrible, 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 I think what I found most offensive is that they think that liking Harry Potter is nerdy. Yes! And it's, like, it's like the most popular franchise ever. And yeah. it's like, oh, you're a Potterhead? Which is, like... I'm, I don't, I'm not in that universe, but I'm pretty sure people don't refer to themselves that way. And she's like, uh, what? You like Harry Potter? Harry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't raise that to myself as a Ravenclaw because I am so intelligent. That is I had to me. pause it and I was like, oh. I'm like, so unique. Cringe. You know what else yes. I do? I drink water. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, but I love when my heart beats. It's like so random, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me nerdy, but... Yeah. And they... The thing is, they don't give... They legitimately don't give any characterization to the female love interests in this storyline. Like, I don't know them. I don't know them at all. Like, they just want to fuck. And they okay with whatever. And I'm like, hey, that's awesome. But, like, do they even have names? Claire and Janet. Claire and Janet. (laughs) Okay. That's impressive. Claire and I Janet. I didn't care about them. And then at the end, I was like, oh, Claire. Well, so did I, because I thought they were going to, like, do something with them. Like, I thought call they were going to the be police. like, yeah, call the police. Be like, hey, little <laughs> shitheads. Fuck you. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. And like, oh, God. The, oh, God. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And what's going to happen with that relationship when they go off to God? Are they going to leave? Were they just hanging out? Just having a fun slumber fling? That's why I really wanted, like, a where are they now at the end of the movie so that I could be like, Claire eventually called the police. And then, (laughs) what's his name, pressed charges? Because he was actually only 17 or something like that. Is she she going to go visit him and and sleep in his fucking, you know, triple occupancy freshman dorm? Gross. Let's talk, let's do this right now. I will right now come up with a where are they now after this. Okay. Griffin and Phoebe ended up breaking up two months later due to a editing mishap where the <laughs> music was incorrect to Phoebe's latest project and that just drove them mad. Griffin would eventually die on the streets, poor and penniless. <laughs> as a Phoebe, fake John Mayer. <laughs> as a fake John Mayer. Making, his own, making a living as a John Mayer impersonator. And no one wanted that, so he didn't make a living, and he did. Phoebe actually had some skill after she kind of went to film school and uh, thrived in life. Uh, except, being Hollywood, she never got her just desserts. She became a, uh, I'd like to think she became a derby, like roller derby gal when she put on the <laughs> at the end. <laughs> There you I go. Know, based, there you go. She made the this whole time. <laughs> based on that video, I think she had a really bright future making like promotional corporate videos, since that's clearly <laughs> what her video was. That's true. Like, that's true. Like, Lisa and, Frank come to life, like just put like rainbows on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why I work at Sizzler. <laughs> Mason. He was fine. Mason had a good life. He just skateboarded and then snowboarded and then got lost in the Alps and had to eat someone. That's what happened. <laughs> like like uh, the, the black friend that doesn't have any personality decides, like, 
just have a good time, man. Like, I was like, oh, give this dude something else besides, like, yeah. uplift all his, like, sad white friends. Like, yeah. that's not his role in this life. Well, it was yeah. so weird because, yeah, you're right. The the whole trajectory was him being like, don't worry, man. Like, if you just, like, his, his whole message to KJF was like, if you just pursue the thing you love, things will work out fine, you know? And then that is so obviously with the like 90 seconds of screen time they give him because it's like yeah look you see me at the skate park and then you see me at the skate park again and then in the end i win the skate and i get to become <laughs> professional at skate <laughs> okay i'm just gonna breeze through the rest of this alex business does super well and he's actually not a douchebag so he grows and becomes more of a person foster is immediately sacrificed to the dark lord <laughs> satan who is actually that lady in disguise the lady is actually satan in disguise and when she said hot she meant the fires of hell is so foster's got- the uh foster's the date rapist or the the, the yeah. trying to be a date rapist <laughs> audrey fucking owns that life and rocks reese shot <laughs> Chad, these, the these are the two guys pretending to be day traders yeah cool. Reese, shot, Chad, the shooter. Eric. (laughs) Aaron and uh, Alec remain together, and they're fine. They own a house in the Malibu. But but Alex is creeped out that she she makes him dress up like a Chicago Cub every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's their kink. Ricky, the Chicago Cub player, um, he died he, yeah he natural cause using steroids but, and no, no, no. Out of the league based on based on um so this will only be uh of interest to anyone that's ever uh driven from south from o'hare airport but if you drive south from o'hare airport all of the billboards are for some fucking uh hair plug company that uses uh a, like a couple different chicago uh sports like old like old decrepit chicago sports players as they're like you know guys that are willing to appear on their billboards and be like yeah they took the hair from my neck and shoved it on my head so i assume <laughs> ricky started to go bald and you know got shitty at baseball and just had to resort to doing hair plug ads for money <laughs> and uh, the little girl she just grew up to own the world. She became president. She grew up to murder her mom, I assume. <laughs> well, that's she, you and your president. She, she, <laughs> th- that movie, The Axe, about her. <laughs> that would be great if they spun off this into like a horror film about like the child just like, murdering her mother. Like she's like, don't Again, worry. Would watch it. Don't worry. I know how to deal with her. I got <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. At the end, they're like, Audrey, what's the name of that little girl you're looking at all summer? She's like, I can't remember, like, Lizzie? Lizzie Borden? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, she falls through a time portal and ends up in the 1800s. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, all right, this tracks, this tracks. Um, oh, wait, what happens to shitty dad? Shitty cheating dad. Oh, oh yeah. shitty cheating dad uh, becomes vice president, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's okay. He also gets sacrificed to Satan, but he has he's not. Back hair. He had to become vice president. Yeah, yeah exactly. It kind of happens. It's, it's kinda uh, nice. Anyway, so uh, Thor, what did you think of this movie? Uh, this is exactly what I thought of this movie as I texted to y'all in all caps. What the fuck was the scene with the no means no asphalt guy and the divorcee where she goes, I'll get you something cold unless you're in the mood for 
something hot. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck just happened? That was so unearned. He's the worst fucking character. Like, the end of his story needed to be that woman fucking throwing shit at him and pointing out that oh. everyone knew about his dipshit list, you know? like How did the... they find out about his list, by the way? Did I miss a scene where he... he they just were like, it went viral. And then that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how does it go viral? It's, how does it go viral? Was this like a script writer not understanding what going viral means, but like wanting to put it in the script somehow to yeah, make it yeah, yeah. relevant. You think this personal list I have on my phone somehow <laughs> went viral. <laughs> Maybe the guy accidentally hacked his phone when he was trying to hack the address. And he, <laughs> <laughs> there's a deleted scene where it's like, oh my, that is disgusting. I'm going to forward this to everyone. Not realizing that he's gaslighting and he's just as bad. <laughs> so, then, you know, that could be that could be an interesting scene that would happen. Um, no character gets their comeuppance in this movie at all. But anyways, Thor, continue. Yeah, Everyone's so the fine. Only, the Everyone's only person happy. that they, they try and point out when they fuck up is KJ Appa. Like they have, you know, they have the scene where uh, his his girlfriend walks away and is just like, "Fuck you," you know, like you should have told me that your dad was having a fucking affair with my mom. Um, but then the scene, like, like the movie, like sort of, like to quote Roger Ebert, it like knows the words but not the music. It like gets like the structure of how he needs to make up for this. It gets that that's a conflict that you can put in a movie, but it like has never talked to a human before. So it has the scene where he goes to see the mom and he just says like, yeah, like I really care about your daughter. So it's all about himself. And then the next scene where he sees the daughter, she's like, Hey, thanks for talking to my mom. It really made her feel better. And I'm like, what? Him saying how much he wants to bone you? Like, (laughs) I mean, like, I did feel a little bad for him because his, like, parents' marriage is shattering. And it's like, that does suck for him. But it's also, like, I don't know. Oh, it's just it's also even, like, so it, stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no scene of the mother. Like, the mother, we don't even, like, the mother cannot emote. The actress playing KJ Appa's mom, I, she doesn't know how to emote. Well, Every I think she was, is exactly the same. to her, um, like, to, to slightly her credit, I think she was really struggling with whatever, like, uh, American accent she was trying to do. Like, you could hear she clearly had a British accent. And I don't know why they didn't just let her be British. Like, who gives a shit, right? Like, (laughs) The only, like, thing I remember about her through the whole movie is that at the end she comes into his room and, like, everyone has shoes on, which is a big pet peeve of mine in (laughs) movies. Like, why does everyone have shoes on when they're laying in bed? It's disgusting. But also, (laughs) the mom comes in and she's, like, a one-shoulder, like, sexy sweater, and she's, like, I'm just going to miss you so much. And I'm like, what is it? There weren't sexual undertones, but like, why is she dressed like that? In <laughs> like, just, like one shoulder, sexy sweater, like sexy, like suburban mom with like a white sweater on. I was like, I just, what is happening? Son, I brought yeah. you something cool. something hot. No. Uh, but since we did, I just found a note that uh, how I described the character of Foster was chiclet teeth because he looks like he has <laughs> chiclets for teeth. <laughs> but anyway, yes. um, yeah, oh, Daisy Dead Petals. About, what did you um... think of this movie? So, I mean, I tried to find something redeeming. The only person, the only character whose story I cared about at all was Audrey's because I thought the little girl was pretty funny, even though her lines were very like, isn't being a kid better than being 
an adult. Like it was very yeah. like stilted and stiff, but yeah. um, I did like her story more than, I mean, hers was the only one that I found redeeming, even though I hate like, <laughs> I, I lived in Chile for a little while after I, I was a, a teacher for a few years and then I was like, fuck teaching. And I moved to Chile for a little while mm-hmm. and I knew all the kids that like were there like teaching English. And I was just like, I, like no offense if anyone has done that. It just like is not my jam. And I was like, eh, you know, whatever. At least she's not buying into this whole like college is necessary bullshit. So yeah. I don't know. Her story was okay, but I just had so many questions. Like who's paying for these yacht parties? Who's paying for these warehouse parties? Where does all this money come from for these children? <laughs> Where, like when the love scene after Phoebe and, um, Griffin finally have sex. It's like, first of all, that sex scene went on way too long. Like, I don't need to. It was like five minutes. It was there was no need yeah. for me to see them and, having sex. Long. And OK. And it was after they just ate a bunch of barbecue. No one and you're like after eating that much barbecue. <laughs> no, well, they, there's no good romance after that much barbecue. Netflix made them cut out all the Scheiser scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but then like then he's like, your mom's at work. Right. And it's like. She's like, yeah. And then he sleeps over. It's like, what universe do like 18 year olds have this? I don't know. It was just, I mean, obviously these are all like little plot thingies that don't, you know, matter too much, but it's just, they, they were so annoying to me. And I hated foster, not foster. Yeah. Foster pavement boy. Weinstein pavement boy. And even like that Alec would have his own pavement paving business is so unrealistic. Like none of this felt relatable at all. I don't know. The only thing that, that like felt relatable is that kids that are this age are super self-involved. Yeah. And I guess that's about the only thing that felt realistic or, you know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was uh, unsurprisingly not a fan of this movie at all. Although, yeah. like, I... Sorry? Why uh, not? <laughs> oh, you know, there's, there's a few reasons. Uh, but I will give it some credit in that there are some scenes that are at least look like they tried to film it interestingly like i would say like when they finally do their barbecue off pre-sex which is the weirdest sentence i think i'll ever say in existence uh no way i do a riverdale podcast incest babies are flying everywhere um so uh yeah like that scene at least kind of like was filmed in like a western style and like was dumb but like they kind of played around with it a little bit um but uh nothing makes you officially old than when they go to see a classic old movie and it's the fucking big lebowski i know like i thought it was oh i was hoping it'd be like some black and white thing like they'd be like oh let's watch casablanca or something that's just universally old but like no they they chose the big lebowski no but (sighs) if you think about it like yeah this is gonna make us all feel depressingly old but 1998 um so when like when I was in high school in 2002, um, movies that came out that equivalent, so that's 22 about years ago, would have been, you know, like late 80s movies. So it's sort of the same, you know, like it's the oh, same. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's I the know. thing. Because exactly, like I think about the same thing. Mortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. When I think about stuff from the late 90s, I'm like, oh, that can't be that long ago. I remember that shit. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm fucking... Yeah, getting up there in age, and uh, yeah, exactly. Like the uh, you know the, the the even even the someone on our on the the Bloody Good Horse Slack channel reminded me uh, the other day. Even the next Karate Kid was twenty five years ago. 
Damn. Damn. Um, I think the, the problem with me for that whole exchange is the way that they were texting. It was another thing where someone that was not the right age demographic was writing those texts that appeared on screen because yeah. it was like, God. W H E R U doing. I was like, spell the whole fucking word. Jen's do it. Also, like, some of them are like, like you are was like used when it's like no come on no don't do that don't do that yeah oh, I, I, no, think, I think the guy that the guy the guy that wrote the script still has a, a t9 keyboard on his phone <laughs> yeah um, probably the, the one I part hope so, that, that would make sense <laughs> the one part that uh i liked for the texting scene it wasn't realistic that he like got up and stomped around the train, because, like, teenagers are stupid, but they're not that stupid. But if he had just stayed, like, seated and had, like, tensed his hands on his legs or something, I liked the idea of, like, you know, getting tense and being like, ah, shit, I got cocky, I fucked up, you know, because, like, there is those, you know, when you're, like, like texting someone in a new relationship and, like, you know, the, the exchange is going well and then there's, like, a delay in replying and even if it's just a couple minutes and you're like... Like, you look back at your previous text and you're, like, overanalyzing and overanalyzing and being like, oh, shit, what's because there was a typo, you know, was it like, you know, what did I do wrong that caused this delay? And then, you know, and then they text back four hours later and they're like, oh, yeah, remember, I was going to be at work. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I I liked, I mean, it felt so out of character because he's, like, kind of doom and gloom and a little, like, broody McJudy the whole time. And, like, he's like, he's like, I don't know, I'm kind of, maybe I fucked up, maybe I was too cocky. And then, like, I felt like a musical number was about to start on that train. Like, it felt very out of character for him. I was like, if it was, like, any of those other dramatic people in the movie, sure, but he's supposed to be, like, I'm steadfast and, like, artistic this is just not right if a musical number had started this movie would have been so much better if it had just had one musical number on the fucking train and like just like the train set had like open sideways like Hedwig <laughs> and the Angry Inch when the trailer opens oh my up. God. Like... That would be amazing. That would have been oh. so good. Speaking of... Oh, the... Either that or zombies show up. <laughs> like, it was those I mean, two things I, I noticed. I see that too. Yeah, Train to View Sam this shit. Yeah, train... that would be amazing. Oh, I got the text back. Oh no, but the zombies showed up. Oh no. Oh jeez. So this movie was like hella Chicago. Um, Except it was like... mostly filmed in Ohio. That's really? hilarious. That's hilarious. That's yeah. hilarious. So um, I went to Chicago for the first time this past summer, and I did recognize some spots. I was like, "Oh, yeah, been yeah. there, walked there." I felt, <laughs> I felt so smart. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was recognizing stuff too. Except then, when they went to, once I have a note here, um, when they go to bin two sixteen, I was like, "Okay, I think I know most of the." Uh, you know, one screen theaters in Chicago. I don't recognize this place when where her film debuts. So I look it up, oh. and the only place in the United States called Bin Two Sixteen is a restaurant in Ohio. So they filmed that fucking movie premiere. Uh, they used the the front marquee of a restaurant that had like a, a big enough you know like front thing that it kind of looked like a movie theater, and they didn't bother covering up the words Bin Two Sixteen. Like how lazy <laughs> can you fucking get? That's amazing. Oh, um, that movie sucked ass. I would like. <laughs> I, would be lost. I don't understand when you're interviewing a subject. Like when he's on screen for the interview portion, there were all these effects happening in the back, like these like wavy lines and stuff. And I was like, "What kind of a fucking documentary do you watch? What were you on?" And people were like, at the end, like whooping and cheering, like like. Yeah. What's the sporting event or something? That was the greatest documentary about teenagers I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. 
I wish people in the front row would, like, rip their shirts off and have their name written across their chest. <laughs> Phoebe, beebity, beebity. <laughs> That's what I started calling her. There's a podcast that uh, I listened to called Hey Riddle Riddle, and one of their – they had, like, a character of a person they knew that was na- literally named Phoebe, beebity, beebity. And I uh, – every time they said Phoebe in this movie, I was like, Phoebe, beebity, beebity. Phoebe, beebity, beebity. I can't stop. I can't not do it. Um and uh, that was just have very like when I was teaching there was like there were so many Tylers and Maddies and like I feel like <laughs> Griffin and Foster are like very like they they did a good job with the names yeah yeah <laughs> uh, also my my only note on her stupid documentary was the movie she made is almost as bad as the movie we are currently watching <laughs> <laughs> very true very true, but less filmic integrity yeah uh, I did okay. I will admit, I over the credits, I enjoyed the uh, the bloopers. Yeah, like, I thought that's fun. I, I mean, kind of wish that that was a thing again. Well, like, uh, yeah, because it's funny when you watch like, I feel like a lot of times you watch like comedies and they try and show bloopers and the people in the comedy like try way too hard, like they fuck up and they just go like way over the top. But these bloopers were great because it was just like people realistically fucking up and then just kind of being like, ah, fuck, you know, like it was very naturalistic, you know, it was nice just to see people like, you know, actually reacting the way humans do when they blow lines, you know, like the way, like when I was doing high school theater, the way you'd just be frustrated and kind of, you know, laugh about it. Like, (laughs) it endeared me to the Aaron character, the blonde chick who ends up with, uh, well, like between Alec and baseball dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I really like the one thing that bothered me the most about her storyline, besides the fact that it's totally unbelievable, is that like he takes her to a country bar and she just gets in like at 17, 18 in the yeah. summer. She just gets into this country bar where they can go line dancing. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, he, I mean, he just shows although, his Cubs hat. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, ladies. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, it depends. It depends on how famous he is. I mean, remember, like, back in the 90s, Jerry Seinfeld was dating a fucking 17-year-old. So, like, yeah. Yeah, that's gross. gross. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, okay. No, I, can I, we... I, the, the thing that grossed, not grossed me out, but the thing that made me really dislike her character was at the very end when she's talking to Audrey. And I feel like her and Audrey have had a good relationship the whole time. And then when Audrey's talking about, like, listen, like, I have a different path. Like, I had to work all throughout high school. And then she's like, don't try to make me feel guilty because I got into a good school. And it's kind of like you're just not acknowledging your fucking privilege. I mean, you're standing in front of a house that's, like, larger than the fucking White House fucking, (laughs) you know? Um, So can we talk about how if you were a person who was in the Chicago Cubs that was cheating on your girlfriend – would you really do it with the person you're on national TV uh, running into? Like, well, was he cheating on his girlfriend? That's a good question. She did. I. You know what? That's a good question. Had the she movie called actually him bothered? Babe. Like when when what's her face when Aaron shows up with the biscuits and gravy at his door, she's like, "Oh, babe, did you order takeout? You're so sweet." Like, ugh, I feel like if you're calling each other, babe. I feel like I feel like the intention was that he was cheating on her the whole time. I think that was the intention, but like I am so thick. I to- oh my god, I am so naive. I totally bought his story where he was like, "Oh yeah, I broke up with her when I moved," and like then she came and visited, and he was like, "Ah, oh, things." <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like I mean, like that also could be true. Like he could be t- like the the problem is like the film does not ever establish yeah. this at all, like one way or the other. Uh, I just think it would be – I just think it's hilarious for, like, a, presumably that girl watches him play baseball and would be like, 
oh, who's this white girl fucking getting in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screw you. Well, it's also well, hilarious that he talks about being like, oh, yeah, I'm from this really small rural hometown, and, like, I'm so glad there's diversity in this movie, but I did like that he's like, yeah, I'm a hometown girlfriend from this really small rural hometown, and then she's, like, Indian. Like, <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I was well, just waiting was for the like other Mexico, shoe to drop. Right? Like, oh, that makes more sense. Thank you. I'm terrible at identifying ethnicities. Oh, I thought he was from, like, yeah, I thought he was, like, a little, like, hometown country boy i was just waiting for the other shoe to drop with him and uh you know i guess team alec i don't know (laughs) not really though like i just thought that dude was chill like i don't know like it seemed like a really shoehorned plot that doesn't actually work for that character because like again they they talk about how famous he is right like why would he cheat anyway like why would he do this if everyone around town will know him and they'd be like ah i'll show you with another bra well why is he if if yeah. th- see this is the only reason I thought that she like, it doesn't fucking matter but th- like and like you said the movie just kind of makes no sense but this is the only reason I thought that she was someone he wanted to be with and then like he was like okay I'm back with my girlfriend now because I'm shitty and bad at commitment was because he uh, he like introduces her to the team and shit like that you know like so that was yeah crazy. yeah that is um, weird it's weird but that, what I really I, I, wanted they... was for her to end up with Audrey oh yeah, really I mean, college... really I think Audrey could do better to be honest. I think Audrey could do better. Her whole uh, thing is not so, settling. Oh my god, that would have been great if at the end, after oh she gets god. rejected by the one guy, and then she and then she should have uh, her asphalt guy reject her, and then she's like, Audrey, I finally realized it, and Audrey's like, eh. <laughs> and that's settling. Um, but, um, I don't know, it just, it was weird. It's a weird way to, to, to film, uh, like a, like, a movie with like no consequences. A weird thing about this movie, which like I think this is just maybe this is just my instinct. Like when you first meet someone, don't you go like, "How old are you?" Like again, like like especially if you're at a baseball game and you run into somebody in the crowd, I'd be like, "Hey, like how old are you?" I'm not gonna ask mm. somebody on a date. It was just like without knowing how old they are. Also, I would not ask anyone on a date at a baseball game because I would not be at a baseball game. But that's <laughs> a whole nother story. To be fair. Um, that part did seem realistic because I remember when I worked at fucking Hollywood Video, of all places, um, a uh, co-worker of mine did get asked out by one of the Washington Nationals when she was in the front row at a fucking baseball game. Oh I mean, I guess I just gotta start going to baseball games and be like, hey boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get I don't know, they're, the, they're, doing the, they're doing the World Series of softball right now. Go, uh... <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get some of yeah, that let's... softball money. Yeah, get some of that softball money. <laughs> uh, does anyone else have some, like... Uh, I, ha- I had so many notes for this that I had to rewatch half the movie to figure out what the notes <laughs> meant. Because uh, I'm like, there are things of, like... I wrote down the quote where it's like the last shred of humanity has left. And I'm yes. Like, was, I just, was I just being like overly pedantic and a sad drunk or something? It was like the last shred of humanity is gone thanks to this movie. But no, no, it wasn't. no that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's her face says? That's what Phoebe yeah. says to uh, douchebag uh, Nick. You know, Archie. Yeah. Other oh. other terrible uh, quotes. Those girls are old. They're probably like twenty three. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably like thirty, but anyways. Um you that good with condom wrappers? Oh when god, he's like, yeah. When he's like when he's taking out a wet napkin to clean his hands after 
eating a bunch of barbecue. Anyway. Oh, that was like, that was a stretch one. of a, like, all around. That's not how people talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're just so bad. Uh, that was like those other... scenes in, like, the, the admirable scenes in 90s, early 90s porn where they were trying to make, like, condoms sexy, you know? And they'd have the woman, like, open it with her mouth <laughs> yes. and, like, being all like, that was, like, that shit. Uh, amazing. And, like, like um, I always say, I want there to be, like, more discussions of safe sex in movies involving high schoolers, but, like, they don't actually discuss, like, whether or not they're wearing a condom. She's just like, yeah. condom rubber wet map, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> amazing. Then, like, she puts one in her barbecue later, and it's just really weird. <laughs> Um, and then the, while they're fucking, he's like, don't worry, I'm wearing a wet nap. <laughs> Kill me now. Anyway, uh, can we talk about how uh, when KJ Appa does his uh, interview, instead of saying a real social media, uh, I always write these down because these are my favorite things in movies where they just make up a fake social media. He says, all we've got is snap streaks now. And I was like, who the fuck named this thing snap streaks wait so snap cool. streaks is a thing in snapchat though wait, wait what? what wait yeah. what, is, what is snap streaks i haven't so used snapchat like, for like you, two years if you have like a buddy that you're snapping with back and forth and you have like if you go like three days and that you have a three-day snap snap oh. streak and you get different icons depending on how many days in you are oh my god they didn't that's a real thing that's the yeah. stupidest that's Daisy, i am so much dumber for knowing this though. <laughs> yep. uh, this movie weird is like thing. actively hurting my intelligence. <laughs> yeah, this movie is hurting it. But they they use Snapstreak, but they said Teachers Without Borders instead of Teach for America or Doctors Without Borders. They just did like the Law and Order SVU face space thing where they yeah, just like yeah. all things together. And or what's the what's the Peace Corps right? Would that be sort of the international I, version of Teach for America? Yeah. And then uh, the mom of the little girl that she's babysitting was in 16 Candles, was a background in 16 Candles, where they just, like, casually reference that John Hughes movie, and they watch, like, a scene, and they pause it real quick. But, like, I really wish they sat down and had to watch a whole movie, and she'd be like, oh, God, this doesn't age well. That's really racist. Oh, God. Oh, my like I'm, I, I really wish there was a scene of them watching the movie, and you can't see the movie. You can only hear the sound effects of the movie and see their faces. Because as soon as you hear that gong go off, uh, you know some racist shit been going on. <laughs> and uh, I would just love to see their faces. They'd be like, "Oh, it was a different time, honey." And like, no, it was bad even then. I but like they would. The, they call the mom like the babysitter, and the little girl end up calling her like wedding child three or whatever. I think that's cute. <laughs> Like, they're a little joke. <laughs> oh, I spent the whole movie trying to figure out if the mom was seven of nine from Voyager. No! She's not. She's not. She's not. <laughs> terrible she's not. You have Borg vision. Like, uh, you just think uh, uh, Borg. Uh, Everyone's a Borg to you. Uh, so I guess final thoughts? Because, like, honestly, I can't think of much else to talk about I with this talk movie. talk nine more hours about this movie. Four more hours. Oh, we will get... So first yeah, I was of all, say, go before, through your before notes. we do before we do final thoughts, I just want to go over some shit from my notes that we haven't gone over yet. Um, so uh, 
<laughs> when he when KJ Appa is describing uh, his uh, lady, he says that she's a sex goddess. But I had to rewind. That's one of the reasons I was late to start recording because I had to rewind this three times because the captions said sex goddess, but he pronounced it as sex goddess. <laughs> I'm starting to think KJ is not that good an actor. Like, I know he hasn't had good writing in either Riverdale or this, but like other people in this movie didn't have good writing, and they did a much better job with it than he did. So, like... Oh, poor KJ Apple. We're we're gonna interview him one day. Don't don't do don't do this before KJ. Can you oh. imagine what a conversation between me and KJ Apple would be yes. like? Yes. So, KJ, tell me about the flying incest babies. This is a serious discussion. <laughs> okay. Like the, it would be like the Chris Farley show. It would be like, remember, remember that time when, like, the babies? <laughs> remember that time with them incest babies? <laughs> remember that time when you murdered a man during a boxing match? <laughs> remember that time when you fought a river and won? Like, that would be great. That would be great. Okay, I'm turning into the Chris Farley show. Do you, okay, do you remember when he's remembering the good times with uh, his filmmaker girlfriend after they break up, and he remembers them uh, running off the dock into a lake <laughs> with sparklers um, in hand? Yeah, so that's literally the Lakeshore Entertainment logo from the night. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> and then uh, the. Uh, Lady Paige, uh, who we haven't even talked about much, but she's my favorite character in this movie because, like, <laughs> everyone in this movie is fucking vapid and materialistic, and I feel like she's the only one who's just sort of willing to admit that she's vapid and materialistic and talks about mm. how she wants to be a reality star and has her own YouTube channel by the end, so she's the only one who achieves her goals in this movie. And, and she's got dogs. She's got two little pugs, and those little pugs talk. And she celebrates the dog. She says, today's the dog's birthday. We celebrate it seven times a year because it's dog year, so that made me so happy. Wait, that made you happy? Yes, yeah, it was adorable. Like I'm going to start doing that with Ben. I did like, uh, I liked her dad when they're on the yacht and her dad's just like. <laughs> yeah, he just has this like stare. like so dead. Yeah. Like, he's just like. Uh, oh, also this dialogue between um, what's uh, what's Alex's the the driveway guy, the, the non creepy driveway guy, his uh, his, his girlfriend from the Aaron. beginning is Aaron Blanchick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Aaron. when when they're talking about how he's broken up with Paige, he goes, uh, "Yeah." I turned the page, <laughs> and oh, I'm just God. like, "Oh my God, this is the worst line of dialogue." I'd ever heard. And then he immediately I follows it up with an even worse line with, there's a better book out there somewhere. And I'm like, ah! And then yeah. Aaron says, what was she? A scratch and sniff book? Yes. <laughs> I missed that part because I was face-bombing too hard. Who wrote this movie? We know who wrote this movie. There were two brothers. And I just can't. I can't. Oh I can't God. imagine what this writing room do you think that's why they watched a Coen Brothers movie and they talked about how you can't go wrong with the Coen Brothers? Do you think that was them suddenly being like, yeah, Brothers filmmakers are the best? Yeah, we might oh, as well God. be the next Coen Brothers. Oh, you, boy. You ain't ever seen a movie look like this. <laughs> I did like that they referenced Blood Simple, though. I feel like that's an overlooked Coen Brothers movie, so that was nice. It's true. It's true. They, did, they did reference Blood Simple, uh, and they just like, 
they just chatted like they were IMDb's. At one point, they like joke about that, but like really, it's just like listening to two people. It's like asking Alexa to name yeah. uh, people. Like <laughs> well, name some like, graduates. Hey, Berkeley College of Music. Yeah. Well, that was the problem is, yeah, she makes fun of him that one time being like, oh, you clearly, like, you know, looked up the Coen Brothers other movies since you were taking me this. But exactly what you guys are saying every other time when they're talking about, yeah, alumni from the colleges they're going to. And it, like you said, it, it, it's just lists. They don't give details. They don't give like, oh, I like John Mayer who went to my college because of this. It's which is not, you know, how you people fucking talk. Like if you if you have a alumni like like fucking um uh jim croce is like the only alumni that went to my college that i care about and he wrote the song operator which is one of the most like bitterly sweet songs ever about a guy yeah. like trying to you know reach his ex-girlfriend so he can tell her that he doesn't care that she dumped him like and <laughs> i i just fucking love that song and you know so like that's what i would say if someone was like oh what's an alumni you care about from your college i wouldn't just name like oh yeah here's like a bunch of fucking football players i don't care about that went to my college you know like <laughs> And I think yeah. that's like supposed to be representative of that, I don't know, like crop of kids where it's like, just like list all the famous people. Like, do we care what John Mayer does, even though he's like a racist piece of shit? No, he's John Mayer. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about John Mayer. Why is he racist? He what said do do? his dick hates the N word. I kid you what? not. Yes. What? Yeah. What? He's, he's shitty. What? Yeah. Well, what? I want to look at a fucking picture of this guy. I don't even <laughs> think I know what John Mayer looks like. Listen now, guys, for the exciting introduction of Andrew Googled this. Okay. <laughs> so, John Mayer. Yeah, him. Oh, what the fuck? That dude looks like a discount Archie character. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is up with your hair, John Mayer? Fucking co- use a comb, asshole. Fucking shit. I always thought he looked like he was auditioning to play the Hobgoblin in fucking uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> In amazing, in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, where he they didn't have a mask for the Hobgoblin, like the Green Goblin, exactly. and yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Like, look at this, look at this, guys. I know you can all see this because you all Google this with me. Um, you, he where he's, looks where like he's an holding asshole. his guitar so lovingly. Yeah, where he's like, this guitar beautiful. I love guitar. This is my personality. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, fuck he's you, John Mayer. Friend. In real life, like, I mean, obviously, because he's a racist, like, sexist, misogynist, but also, like, um, Sam's dad is in the industry, and I just, uh, I've heard stories that John Mayer is a piece of shit in real life, too. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Um, and we don't need him because Jack Johnson seems like a nice guy and writes the exact same style of fucking music, so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> there are just, it's just so many. I guess now we'll go to final thoughts, or are you still going to... Okay, got I got notes? one more, sorry. And then I'm okay, going to... let's go. Right, so we go to the, the fucking skating rink, um, which is also in oh, Ohio. Yeah. Um, that I was forgot the other, about that. Yeah, that was the other part that, that like took me out of this, was that that was like clearly... Uh, like the the in Chicago, they had to build up the river. Got so polluted, they had to build up everything around uh, the Chicago River is like twenty feet above the river. Um, so they were like right at river level. Um, so uh, that oh, that, that took me out of the movie. So there, I don't want to. Chicago has like incredibly polluted water systems. Uh, it no, it's, it's it's not quite as bad now. But back in the. Uh, Back in the, like, 1930s, I think it was, they just built the whole city around the river, like, 20 feet off the ground because the river was starting to smell so bad. And they just, like, dumped 
shit in there, like yeah, waste sewage. and like yeah. literal shit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, river's it's much better now. now. You can yeah, kayak in it now. So is yeah. that the river of Riverdale? Like, is Riverdale yes, yes, actually yes, that, that, river. that river? That's uh, why it says no swimming after Labor Day. <laughs> um, all right, but anyway, so they were, they were at that river walk, and it's right I at I love Greenland. how you remember that scene from Riverdale, <laughs> the no swimming after Labor Day sign. Even I forgot that one, man. That's a good pull. That is so a good pull. they're at that outdoor skating rink that's at at grade with the river and that that took me out of it which i know like nitpicking and i did like this movie used some chicago locations very well and they had some really good drone shots so overall they did a good job they, i think they blew most of their budget on the the shots at wrigley field where they did the like empty shot at night that was really cool um but anyway so when they go to the the obviously not chicago uh outdoor uh 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 why not roller skating rink i like that i went through every type of skating before i got to roller skating <laughs> um so, um, the DJ goes, summer's almost over. <laughs> and then Phoebe comes up the sides, fucking Archie and goes, is that true? Is summer really over? <laughs> See, okay. Let me just, cause I, I need to get some dates and times. Independence day for you guys is like July 4th, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that when all the big things happen? They, like all of the, yeah. So like they, Okay, when does your school season, high school, end? For, what for time? Virginia, like, it's like June, like mid-June. It depends. Yeah, on, like mid-June. Yeah, it depends, but it's weird too because Archie went to private school, and normally the private schools get out mid-May, and then the public schools get out in June. But then everyone seems to get out on the same day here. I think because this guy went to school nine thousand years ago, who wrote this script, like okay, then, like okay, they're okay. going to college because college starts like late August, mid-August, yeah, late yeah. August. So they should have had over a month between Independence Day and when the, the summer's almost, almost over, over seems. So it's weird that like that didn't like you said, there there seems to be a big time jump that they don't acknowledge. Well, they should have had a they should have had a five years later, like <laughs> in fucking endgame. <laughs> God damn it. That it just somehow uh, Foster is like intelligent Foster now. <laughs> Whoa, what happened to him? He's got glasses now and he's not a creep. Wow. Well, I would say, like, so what a parallel. Like, at the end of um, The Perfect Date, the dude like switches the college he's going to go to. And in this one, uh, you know, old sweet Foster is going to become a music major and he switches to Berkeley College of Music. I think you're thinking of Griffin. Uh, Foster's the creep. Uh, that's what I was saying. <laughs> I told you, these white dudes look the same yeah. to me. Foster, Foster, Foster is, is apparently going to, I'm assuming, just going to move in with the, the first woman that has ever slept with him now. And... Yes. She's like, so are you going to you gonna leave? No, I live here now. <laughs> I, I, you're, you own me. I'm your slave. <laughs> and she's like, no, nah, dude, like. I just wanted to get some kinky sex. Can you get out of here? No, you leave. Because when I want kinky sex, I go with an 18-year-old male virgin. (laughs) Right. There's so much. Again, I I know this happens in every version of this YA movie, but they always make such a big deal out of a character being a virgin where it's like, chill out, dudes. Chill out, filmmakers. It's like, it seems to be like, this is the only thing that matters, getting laid. <laughs> like, show character studying or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. or, and, like, I don't know, like, even when they had, like, Phoebe was supposedly focused on her art, 
and like she had like the biggest sex scene and like romantic storyline of the movie. Yeah. But um, it's also like this is a super heteronormative movie too. That's oh, like so heteronormative. There's no one who is at all interested in anyone besides you know a hetero you know pairing. Yeah. Yeah. The exactly. Per- the perfect date had like one character in it, and they still found time to have a uh, minority character that was uh, LGBT. <laughs> Right. Yeah, okay. They, they just seem to check all the boxes, which is problematic in its own way. Yes, but, yes. <laughs> but but this one was just like, oh, here's a whole bunch of like wealthy straight kids who are gonna fuck all summer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I guess I'll say it. I'd rather watch the perfect date again. That's <laughs> fine. 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 I, I'll I actually kind of liked the perfect date. I like this. Yeah. This. You are correct. This had much better camera work. This had like the scene where he's. Uh, finishes uh like getting told off correctly so by phoebe and then they do this like behind his shoulder like slightly shaky cam shot of him going over to his dad that actually got pretty tense unfortunately they do nothing with it dramatically because the script sucks but like i was that was like building up i was like oh cool is he gonna like punch him like what's gonna happen then it's like nope his dad's just like sorry dude (laughs) (laughs) you guys think that this uh this was gonna be like a series because I feel oh. like it was so long, and there were so many storylines. Like, I thought, like, it was going to, like, the trailer made it look like a limited-run series, but they crammed it all into a still-too-long two-hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That would be that would be interesting to see. Because, yeah, I was really surprised when I saw the, the running time of this, because I was like, an hour and 50 minutes? Like, <laughs> I don't know much about, like, I, I will admit, I am not a YA movie connoisseur, so, like, what are the normal length pair, like lengths for these types of movies? Is this kind of like within the within the ballpark, or I feel like they're normally ninety minutes, right? I feel like you want everything yeah, to be like... ninety minutes because you want to sell it to freeform media and have it be two hours with commercials, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I just felt like there are so many storylines, and I didn't care about you know, like I said, almost any of them. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I just felt like it was way too much to be packed into this. Still too long movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. But I, do, I, think... I agree. Perfect date over this for sure. Yeah. Only marginally so, but yes, I agree. I will give the perfect date this pittance of a compliment. <laughs> oh, and as the as I the uh, the only person on here that's watched um, all of the the Riverdale cast members uh, movies so far this year, Five Feet Apart is definitely the best of the three so far. So we'll uh, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, because Yes, that is the one about the, the kids with cystic fibrosis who, like, um, go to the worst hospital ever where they just run amok. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, no, don't be wrong. Five Feet Apart wasn't good, but it was the most, like, entertainingly ridiculous of, of all of these. Also, uh, by far the most popular episode of this podcast. <laughs> We're closing in on 100 downloads for that one. Yeah. Uh, where everything else is just, like, the least... Okay, here's the funniest part about this. The reason I started this podcast are the episodes that not as many people listen to. Like, people don't actually listen to the me go insane about Riverdale episodes. They're usually our least listened to episodes. It's like all the other things are like, oh, yeah, I got to get this. And I was like, well, I kind of started it because of this. I mean, I'm going to keep watching Riverdale because I'm contractually obligated to. I sold my soul to that devil who was like, oh, do you want something hot? And I was like, fine, I guess. And they're like, haha, sucks to be you. Now you just got to watch hot teenagers and i'm like no <laughs> no um you know what yeah. i think's gonna be the best riverdale 
actor movie though is fuck the prom. <laughs> oh no. Dude, do you have any idea but F the prom? <laughs> Holy shit. That movie is gonna be next level terrible. I've seen clips of it. Like I've seen like one of those like long in-depth YouTube reviews of it, and it looks like <laughs> the biggest trash pile heap of a movie like ever. And I can't wait to talk about it. Is it uh, available? We, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, on, yeah. it's on like uh, for rent on Amazon. It's with uh, it's with uh, what's her name, Madeline Petch. Petch, Madeline Petch, who plays Cheryl. Our, Cheryl uh, our cover art. <laughs> our cover art, uh, which I guess we chose the wrong season to do it in because uh, Riverdale doesn't like us. We still got to support Cheryl. They haven't let her use her bow or not be terrible in like five episodes, but you know. Yeah, man, she should be shooting out cult members' eyes. Like, that would be dope. She'd be like, oh, you tricked me about my brother. It's time to murder. And then all of a sudden, like, Kill Bill music starts coming on. She's like, she just shows up on the last season of Game of Thrones, just takes the throne, be like, fuck all y'all, I'm sure I've lost this my throne. Bam. Pushes them out, kills two dragons just by looking at them and flipping her hair. And then... You should uh, tag this episode with Game of Thrones and see if it surpasses the downloads. How pissed would someone be? <laughs> what does this have to do with Game of Thrones? Uh, so before I end this episode and throw everyone to their the world of plugs, uh, as we will get our plugs in, uh, I just want to announce what the theme for June will be. So coming up in June, a little advertisement for y'all. Get excited. Uh, we are covering the most barely connected to Riverdale <laughs> topics uh, we've done yet where we're talking about uh, the Friday the 13th series and for those of you unaware, Friday the 13th series Friday the 13th Jason Takes Manhattan has Kevin's dad in it, the sexy sheriff who's not a sheriff anymore, who was married to the mayor but it's unclear if she's still and she's no longer the mayor anymore so they're both an ex-sheriff and an ex-mayor in Riverdale but anyways, regardless um, he is in it as one of the teens, and he looks nothing like <laughs> his character in Riverdale. Uh, it's insane. He's, like, so lanky, and, like, I don't know what happened to him in between the years, but dude got buffed. Uh, but anyways, uh, Jason kills him. Spoiler. Uh, oh, so we're going to use that, that, that geeky guy that's obsessed with the hot girl? Yeah, Jeez. with the uh, camera. And you're like, what the hell? Uh, and yeah, so I'm going to use that excuse to watch all of the franchise and talk about it. Because uh, of one actor. And then we're also covering uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which has a, a, in a separate episode. So one episode will be looking at all of Friday the 13th movies with different guests on for that one and different guests on for this Nightmare on Elm Street one. Uh, where we will talk about... Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which has a better connection to Riverdale in that they reference it all the time. They reference the Nightmare on Elm Street movies all the time in that show. Like, they'll be like, you bought a house on Elm Street. <laughs> and then they'll, like, cover Dream Warriors in the 80s episodes. And then also uh, the director, Rachel Talalay, who directed uh, Freddy's, Dead, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, uh, parts at Nightmare on Elm Street 6 uh, has directed multiple episodes of Riverdale. So there's actually some connections. And then we're going to have a Freddy vs. Jason episode 
which also has a Riverdale connection because Betty's dumb serial killer dad is is a dumb sh- uh, deputy, I think, yeah. in Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> uh, so we're going to use that, and then we're going to bring on the cast from both, as many of the cast members from both of those other episodes as we can to have a big debate about Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> and then the last episode of that month, well, uh, it's just me to have an excuse to yell about how bad Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash comic book is. Uh, so, uh, I There's just so many layers. It's so nice. Oh, I, you know what? I think I have those sitting around somewhere that a friend of mine loaned me. I'll read those for, for that. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to read that. And we'll also talk about like Jason vs. Jason, where Jason X Jason fights normal Jason. No surprise, God. Jason X Jason whoops his ass. Yeah, it's like the new say, the version. not fair. It's an insane fight, but hey, it works somehow. Uh, and then we'll also talk about Jason versus Leatherface, which is a terrible comic. I keep hearing people say it's good, and it's not. We need to stop these people from talking about yeah. that stuff like good. That was like when they were talking about making a Michael Myers versus Leatherface. I'm just like, so people like grunting at each other? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't get me wrong. I love both those movies, but like they, they work well because they have like other characters that talking <laughs> exactly um uh, they they do kind of and then i'll just kind of talk about some ancillary media hey maybe i'll read you an excerpt from jason x the movie novelization because <gasps> i own that along Don't, with the two like four of them <laughs> okay i okay there are actually like there are like four jason x books in total <gasps> that's so weird and i own three of them i think i don't i don't know <laughs> I own three of them, but there might actually be five because I'm either missing one or two. And I don't know why. I got really lucky just finding them at like a thrift store. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know why these things go for a shit ton of money. Like they go for a lot. What assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, uh, that was a random moment, but I just got a, an app that my order was canceled from Foodora. They just oh, you're, you're trying to order food? Take my order. Are you getting a burrito right? again? I yeah. was trying to, and they're just like, nah, we're not taking your burrito. And I was like, fuck you, give me my burrito. Anyways, I'm going to go in there and go walk up there and demand my burrito. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So um, that's what we're talking about next week. Uh, and before we go, and you have to hear the wonderful outro music, um, can you uh, – let's hear some plugs. Miss Dead Petals, where can we further find your work? Well, I will be at a uh, – I was at Spring Oween a couple weeks ago because I do crafts and I was selling my crafts at different events here in Richmond. So if you're local to Richmond, you'll be around next weekend. I'll be at the Shenandoah Community Center selling my candles and shit. Um, but I've been on the last few episodes of Thor's Hour of Thunder, and that's been great. So I'll pass it over to Thor. You are you are a permanent co-host. Don't sell yourself. Sure. <laughs> um, do you have an Etsy store or anything? No, not yet. I've been trying to sell everything IRL. That makes sense. Then you're off to shipping and shit. Yeah, um, I, I broke a bunch. I tried to once and all my candles broke. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> uh, uh, I'm on this podcast called Milkshakes and Mimosas. Um, you probably have heard of it. <laughs> and, oh, you got, you got any more? No, got any that's more? all. I was just going to laugh uh, for ten minutes. <laughs> 
And as always, you can find me screaming in a locked basement, uh, <laughs> refused to be let out by the creators of the CW in Riverdale as they lock me and they further force me to watch more material, read more books, or listen to audio books until they finally let me. <laughs> oh, did you hear they, uh, they revealed the, the Gargoyle King last episode? Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. watch it right the, now. Uh, the, I, I don't know who it is, but Pajiba was pissed. They said it makes no sense. <laughs> I just saw that oh. headline and I was like, "Oh shit, I gotta watch this." <laughs> so join us, join us uh, in a few weeks while we're talking about that and be angry. Oh, excuse, excuse me, I interrupted your outro there, uh, Andrew. No, that's okay. Uh, now that I know that the Gargoyle King has been revealed, I cannot wait, and I'm going to go watch it now. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Bye. This has been a Milkshakes and Mimosas podcast. Email us at milkshakesandmimosas at com and follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And until next time, Trash fire's gonna burn.